0: Film Society of Lincoln Center. You're listening to The Close-Up. This week we're sharing the Q&A from our recent preview screening of Isle of Dogs, the new stop-motion film from director Wes Anderson. Joining the director was producer Jeremy Dawson, co-writer Jason Schwartzman, and cast members Courtney B. Vance, Jeff Goldblum, Akira Ito, and Koyu Rankin. The conversation was moderated by New York Film Festival director Kent Jones. Let's go now to their conversation. This film been seen in Japan. Um, not publicly.
1: Mm-hmm. It's been it's been seen in Japan a bit, but it's yes, not sure. been, it's yeah. not been released in Japan. Mm-hmm. It comes out uh, May something. Yeah. Do you like know around Memorial Day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the date, Akira? May twenty five. May twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where Where did the
2: inspiration for the film begin for you, Wes?
1: The the very very first inspiration was on the when we. We made uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, other animated movie, a few years ago. We we shot. In I think we all remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you. I wasn't fishing for. Um, the uh, uh, we shot in uh, East London, a place called Bromley by Bow. Yes. Um, and um, on the way there uh there was a sign for the turn off uh of the road to isle of dogs Mm -hmm. um which is a sort of industrial island on the thames now but i i was always very it it sounded very mysterious to me isle of dogs and um you know i looked i looked it up and it's it was supposedly the the place where the king kept his hunting dogs and whatever in the 16th century or something like that um and um that was the beginning of this movie it yeah. was i just saw, so there's something in that for us which was this
2: so that's in london
1: that was in london in japan yes <laughs> yes well th- then then i went to jason and roman uh my two good old friends and and said i i have this idea of something uh, these five dogs uh chief king duke boss and rex duke on a garbage dump island yes <laughs> and duke um and um and that was all I had. I had that information. And, but we had also been hoping to make a movie together in Japan. Mm-hmm. So we sort of mixed them together, and suddenly we started to get some ideas.
2: Mm-hmm. Can you talk about voice casting for this film? Because the voices are just beautiful, and I mean, how that works. Um.
1: Yes, well, I think, you know, some parts... There, some, I, I, the casting of every role is a bit different some parts are people who I've known for years or I've been a fan of for years and so on um, and um, and some are people that I did I don't really know their work and we are going we're auditioning people and seeing people Akira I did I didn't really know Akira's work. working me Akira's been in one other film um, uh, Koyu's been in zero other films um, so uh, they just I just like their voices I like their performances the feeling of them really casting them the way you'd cast an actor who you were going to see mm-hmm. I think um, and um, Courtney I know his work for many many years but I've yes. never done a film with him but he did do a, a reading for us many years ago um, uh, we were just lucky to have him in a reading of Bottle Rocket yes um, and, um, and Jeff and I have done uh, how many movies uh, three movies together mm. um, so that, that, that kind of thing mm-hmm
2: um, we can open it up to the audience for questions if anyone wants to dive in.
1: Thank you for being here. Um,
0: oh. Sorry, I'm just seeing <laughs> some old friends. That's all
1: right. <laughs> um, could you talk about the research you put into the Japanese culture for this movie? Yes, well, I think, you know, our, bi- our first inspiration really was Japanese cinema. Um, I think that's why we wanted to do a movie uh, that that was why we were thinking of Japan in the first in the first place was Japanese cinema and for us it was uh, Kurosawa and Miyazaki those were the those were the two very different kinds of filmmakers but those are the ones who were really inspiring us and making us want to want to make this this story in the first place. the, but the other two, our other two masters, I would say, are the uh, are the woodblock yes. print makers Hiroshige and Hokusai, and those became our kind of guides as well. I, but all four of those artists, I would say, I can't really put my finger on exactly what we were. What we were looking for from them what we were taking from them it was more just we were sort of steeping ourselves in their work and putting the pictures on the walls and um, sharing it and um, seeing how it how it came into our own story
2: there's also something of 60s japanese cinema in the film no
1: yeah well originally we we our idea was that it was going to be like a toho movie made in 1960 but set in 2007 but it was, see, you're not sure if you even know what I mean. I mean, I, it was so, it's hard to pin it down. We really liked that idea, but uh, I don't, we just couldn't quite get it across. Yeah, it didn't quite. Happen.
2: What an amazing movie. So when you watch an animated movie about Japan, at least for me, I can't help but think about anime, and how there's so much variety in that genre in Japan. You know, there's Satoshi Kon's movies, which are, for adults, and there's Miyazaki's movies, which are for children, but all of them, even the movies for children, seem to have a kind of sense of melancholy and attention to art direction. Whereas, besides your animated movies and a few others, I guess Anama Lisa, in America, our animated movies seem to fall into one of two camps, either Frozen or South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. And this is not to shame either, but my question for you, as an American filmmaker who makes animated movies, is why do you think we're so wary of animation as a medium that we can take seriously to tell adult stories
1: well that's good that's a big good question i, know. Um, the, um, I, I, okay. I and you know i you know just as much as I do but i mean my my answer to that is just going to be informed by exactly the same things that yours would be but I will say i mean first, I hope that with th- this movie we I, I to me the Miyazakis I would almost say they're you they're definitely for families but i I don't put those as children, not the way we, like we really will steer a thing for an audience and for a, an age group. Um, the, uh, my earlier animated movie, it was based on a book that was also written with a particular age group in mind. Not our, our, our movie was not necessarily written that way, but the book was, and so we were kind of working with something that already had that kind of built into it. This one... We didn't write it with anybody in mind, um, and as we went along, we every now and then we asked ourselves, "Can we? Is this going to be all right? I mean, can, will people accept this? Because it's not really a children's movie at all, and for some children, it's going to be um, disturbing. And you know, it has a PG-13 rating, even which animated movies don't usually get." Um, and I was, and when it, when it got that rating, I thought, well, that makes sense to me because you know the dog said he hanged himself by his own leash. I Son mean, of that's, a bitch. Uh, uh, just not usually the way they do it. Ears usually being torn do off. Do it. Yeah, the ears on the ground. He kicks it and everything. Poison. I, mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I, but in Japan, I I feel like animation of all kinds, it's it's you know it, it it's exactly the same as. I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to say. I mean, do, do you think animation in Japan is Bigger than animation, in, or a broader audience than in America.
3: Yes, I think so. Yes, yeah. it's bigger. Yes, bigger genre yeah. in Japan.
1: It's like uh, like uh, Steven Spielberg could be anime. You know, I mean Spielberg has done some animation, has produced animated movies, I guess. But it, but his, uh-huh. his you know, Miyazaki is yes, Spielberg-level Spielberg. popularity.
4: Yes, yeah. Yeah. For your name, that film was the biggest film of.
3: Akira. Mm.
1: Yes. Akira. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Akira is big.
2: Can I ask some of the actors to talk about the experience of doing the voices of the characters in this film and how long a process that is? I would imagine you have to go back quite a bit and rework your uh,
5: characters. Maybe I'm incorrect. Um, No, not too much reworking. It was a short experience. Now a year, year and a half ago. I was in a... I think we were in... I was in that um, studio, recording studio in Los Angeles while you were in your studio in New York for two hours. Was it two or three hours? Something like that. Not more than that. And that's all we did. A little later... I think um, Jeremy or you, tech, uh, you know, emailed me and said, hey, can you do another line or two? Yes. I didn't go back into a studio, but did it on my phone. I don't know if you mm-hmm. used it in the movie. I think we've mentioned this, but that was it. And then, that, and then I did that um, uh, interviews of the actors that they've turned into that, if you haven't seen a delightful thing that I love a lot, on my phone, didn't I? Oh, no, I didn't. No, I ran into Edward Bush the other night, and he, <laughs> he was in Pittsburgh, that's right. <laughs> I went back into a recording studio and did that. just went on for any anyway so but minimal minimal
2: okay (laughs) was that the same for you guys you were in different parts of the world when you were recording your voices and no
1: we were in the same room yeah me yes Yes. we were um, and in the same room yeah that was just one day just one day just one day recording just one day many years ago quick yeah
3: Hmm.
1: It's actually. You, I That's, mean, yeah, I, has a, oh Corey, um, go ahead.
0: I did the recording here in New York about two and a half years ago with Wes Anderson. I didn't actually work with any of the actors, and I did about five or six hours of recording, so it, it was quite a long process. But when you're with Wes Anderson, it's really fun
1: working mm-hmm. with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Corey, I think it was. I think we did all. Was, we, but we
0: did all
3: 18 years ago. We recorded.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: and uh nineteen hours we were in the recording studio <laughs> about, uh, about two, and a half, two and a half years ago uh two 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 and a half years ago and we didn't it didn't how long not long it didn't take long uh we were uh, about couple two hours, hours maybe yeah, yeah. two hours uh, and, uh Wes is very respectful and uh but he has a very strong sense of what he needs and what he wants and mm. so he's uh, we we want to give it to him you know he's uh mm-hmm. We love him, and he's uh, very gentle and respectful of, of our time. But uh, we know he, he's got to get what he get and what he wants, and so we're, you know, whatever we need to do. Right, Jeff?
1: Yes, yes. Yes? Yeah, so. <laughs> there, there's one thing about, the, about recording, the, um, recording for uh, animation. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you, can, you, you can use anything you know yeah. it, it, they they arrive we turn on the microphone we start recording yes. and we keep it rolling all the rest of the time and so they it's like a rehearsal that you're that you're going to use anything you want from the rehearsal right. okay. and you can do things over and over again very very quickly you can they can try anything they think of and it's a very free way to work and it's and you can edit with everything and you know when when Jeff says he went back and did some things on his iPhone can't remember what's in it. I, I don't remember what because there are lots of things in this movie that are, come from people's iPhones. I say, just, I can hear, is there a vacuum cleaner? So give ah. me, just one more time. <laughs> see, just open the door, see what's happening out there. Come back, go back and just try one more. Hold the, hold the phone a little further from your face. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's stuff like that. I like it. It, you know, yeah. it sounds a little crazy. It sounds, uh, you know, I mean, I always try to, when we, I, I always want to try to, to kind of say we we're making a student film. Um, you know, when I'm doing, I try to keep it like, don't tell anybody this is even a real movie. We just want to be, we're just going to sneak. <laughs> yeah. We're a student film, yeah. and you know, having people recording their iPhones, maybe that has a bit of student film feeling, but it's 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 free. Yeah. Mm. I don't mean free, just financially. Yeah, not free, but financially, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is not yeah. that free. Yeah,
2: everybody works for free. And, yeah. Uh, Since you have a troupe of actors that you return to again and again, do you tend to write for specific actors or do you always write fresh characters and then go into the casting process?
1: Yes, I would say, well, I mean, Jason, I don't think we had any, we thought of, we thought of just the characters, just the roles until it was all written, isn't that right?
4: That's right. Such a, it, it was, this, being a part of this was an interesting experience because, you knowing its stop motion going into it, you know it's going to be all created it's going to be all fabricated, mm. nothing exists and when we were all working on it, trying to you know we're talking about these scenes and these actors and I mean these characters, and really we could all be imagining completely different things yes um you know if if there's a film that's set in a real uh place las vegas you you have basic amount of a built-in idea of what it's going to be even though it will be different probably than other things mm-hmm. but with this we're talking about trash island and I because I, I remember at one point saying to everyone I realize every scene I imagine is at night yeah. are you guys imagining this at night And like no that's not there's daytime and I just <laughs> and um and so <laughs> that was really the the thing was, we—I just—we became immersed in something that was completely invented, and these characters. It was a similar thing. I, we weren't thinking of anybody. They were just these characters, and they were—and um, who knows what each of them sounded like in our own heads. But um, that was really the thing. We—they were real. Um, they were real dogs, and this was a real story. And that was really the. It was an immersive experience in that way. You mm-hmm. came up with the names. You had all the names pre. Done. And you never went, oh, you know, maybe we should call this. Now look at that one.
5: Maybe we should call her and
1: that. We had a longer list of names trying yeah. to, of different, we could House. say, like, yeah, yeah, authoritative characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, names of uh, people in a high position, like Duke, King, Chief, Boss. Yeah. We had other ones that were not as convincing. Kaiser. Uh, <laughs> remember, there were some that weren't, didn't land. Uh, so, uh, so we threw those out. But basically, we... <laughs>
2: can you you know i I heard about uh, a visit to the set, which sounds absolutely amazing, which you directed remotely you no know, the animation yeah. set um correct me if I'm wrong there are three different sizes for every puppet
1: mm, no it's not that it's you can't quite break it down quite that way it, really what you have is all based on what you need Yes. some puppets you need there's you know you there's one scale, yes, and that's going to be sufficient for what this puppet okay. needs to do but for uh for other ones they're they're different uh sizes and at a certain point you know um you know you can you, we can if you're doing a very wide shot, we have some quite small puppets yes. that we can use, but you know if you there's a, the, the thing was I was always trying to push us in the direction of smaller scale. Yes. I like the idea of using um of using smaller puppets make and, and having a larger scope to the sets. yes um, and because of what that would give us, everybody was saying, I think we're going too small and I kept pushing it. and I, I, I think we were, it, it worked out fine, but I was wrong. We should have had bigger puppets um, because often it was become, <laughs> it became very, very challenging to animate at this scale and you know we and we also reached a, a point that sometimes where I would say, this puppet's not holding up. At this distance, of yes. the, you know, we, the, the, this framing, the puppet is not uh, right, and um, it was my fault because I had made us make the puppet smaller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we had to sometimes say, "We've got to now. We need to produce a larger scale puppet yeah. uh, um, to do this and change the schedule and so on." And yes. the schedule—I mean, Jeremy—we could. I'm uh, not—not that everybody's <laughs> dying to hear the details of our scheduling process, um, but it was—it's <laughs> quite complicated in the stop-motion movie. Um,
2: yeah. because you're dealing with lots. All the different sets being and, and animators working all at the same time no
1: you're dealing with sometimes sometimes at the at the most maybe forty units we are going at once yeah. and but there are forty units of people who are working at such a slow incremental yes. pace, and what happens after somebody finishes a shot is dependent on the construction of sets, the design work mm-hmm. that goes with that, and the availability, the unit and everything so it's all trying to it's so many things at once, and the schedule is it's it's very hypothetical. With a movie, with a real live action yeah. movie, you're kind of linear. You finish yes. your shot and you move on. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is so much more complex than that. But we also have somebody who who um, who um, came from, somebody from Germany, yes, uh, just Angela um, uh, Pashet. Is that his yeah, name? Angela. Angela Pashet. But did you say Pashet? Yeah. Push yeah. it. Push it.
4: Push it. Um, but she, I mean, the thing was like, I read this. I remember reading an article years ago that maybe you read, I think it was in the New Yorker, but the, it was a couple or something who scheduled Major League Baseball. Did you ever read that article? And it was this whole oh, yeah, thing I love the that people who, who do that, that the whole well. schedule for Major League Baseball, and they're like the only two people who could do it. And they probably do it with computers now, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like strips and all over the room. and would take them weeks to kind of figure out these people could only travel this many days, and this one. Yeah. It was, it's kind of like, three times as complicated as scheduling Major League Baseball to do this, and, and um, yeah. so this woman was like a mad genius. <laughs> and she's great at it. Yeah, she's the uh, best. Yeah. Also, just the patience that they had, it's incredible because I remember being with Wes and he said, uh, come, we just, I got the day's work, come, let, watch this, and we we looked at his computer and he hit the space bar and it was a, a dog going, and that was the whole day's work, and that was the beginning of a ten-page scene or something. And I was just thinking, okay, I'm. This is. You got. And I was thinking, we.
1: I was thinking. Wes, see, we nailed it. He was like, yeah. Wes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wes is just used we're to. Doing, it. We're doing Wes is great used so to. It. He's like,
4: look at that. Look at that. Like he's like. I think you're able to see it a different way. You're like, oh my god, that's great. That's we got a lot done. <laughs> and I was like, this is this is long, amazing. As usual, your, your score is extraordinary and impeccable. Do you think of the score as a, as a character or, or even or, or akin to a character?
1: Yes, interesting. I, I think, um, well, I think of, I, I, I'll say that I, I always look forward to the part of the movie where we're really going to do the score. Often I've asked, in this case I work with Alexandre Desplat who I've done several films with and who's an old friend now, and um, I try to get Alexandre to do things months before, years before. I'm trying to kind of get him to, and he's very busy, he does lots of movies, but he and I will sit together, we'll have a little experience and then I'll go off back to what I'm doing and he'll go off and really it always comes down to now it's got to get done and we sit together and do it and um but it's always it's you, you know this is searching and then suddenly there's his inspiration and um it's just it's just me and alexander in a room together for the the whole process of that um and um he's surprising me and i'm saying i'm suggesting things and he's responding to them like the way an actor does you know mm-hmm. he's saying okay what about this but um he has a totally different set of tools um to do it and um it's it's very fun it, it can be frustrating because you're like do you have this feeling maybe there is maybe the music can't be written for this movie you know you have points along the way where you feel like it's just not going to happen mm-hmm. there maybe there is no music that's right we've maybe had some uh attempts and um but when it really begins to come together it's it's one of the most uh exciting places because it's the time when you suddenly see the whole thing is now there mm. really even though there are things to touch up and so on it's a it's a major missing ingredient until until you have it
2: but did you want did you want to start with the drummers
1: we yes with the yes the, yes. the drummers we had a kind of plan of uh early on and um we met uh, a great guy kauru watanabe here in here he lives in brooklyn and um uh, Randall Poster and I spent some time with him and uh, he made some... He, we kind of made a great piece together, but he he created this uh, drumming piece that we then used repeatedly and that influenced what Alexandre was doing, what Alexandre and I did together in, in France.
2: I was wondering about... Um, I've seen um many films coming out you know d'otario using uh, a very creative use of subtitles for the mute uh, character and handmade Tale starting like her film with an intertitle you know explaining how his subtitles are going to work and i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your decision how you um, how you use foreigners and how you avoid um, you know, it's almost like an aesthetic decision—the way the way you, you choose to use anything that is written, anything that is spoken.
1: Um, yes. Well, okay. we had early on we had this thought, and he—I think he was going to ask the next question. So yes. the, micro- yes. the microphone it's, rather it's, than the going microphone going back, could go right gone. to
2: this gentleman actually, because and he'll ask the next question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, the um, um, it, we we had an uh, an idea early on that we wanted the movie to be uh, to that a lot of it should be in Japanese. But at the same time, we had this: up we do not want to make an animated, subtitled movie. That's just not going to work. Um, So as we were going along, we were sort of, we would come to a scene. We, you know, having a narrator. We, you know, we started the movie with a narrator. We knew that we could have somebody speaking Japanese, but an English-speaking audience would understand it because the narrator is going to explain. Then we had an interpreter that came in. It, and we had various uh, devices at different places eventually we arrived at a scene where there was absolutely no reasonable i mean like who the interpreter is interpreting for in our movie i think it's just you <laughs> uh, uh, and, and you know we I, we also had a we had we we decided to make one character a, a foreign exchange student from Cincinnati Ohio
4: yeah.
1: Maybe if you want to know why, it's right. so that maybe so you that could you understand could... what anybody was saying there in any go. of those scenes <laughs> and say whatever. So there was a certain amount of uh, there were a certain amount of choices that were based on that. But we did have this scene that we arrived upon that where it's only the mayor and his gang together talking to each other, and it's supposed to be secret. So any version of having a, an interpreter or anything else, it doesn't really make sense. And finally, we decided we needed a little machine that was yes. going to speak English for the record, for the secret record, yes. maybe. Um, and uh, that was the one way I think we really stretched it to the maximum uh, point. Um, but, you know, we wanted to have, we did want to have people, sp- really, I, I, I don't know what, the, what, what even the reason for it is, we wanted people to speak japanese in this movie and we want and i and i did want to i felt like i want to have people speak japanese and listen to them um and you know our inspirations for this movie were were when i watch a miyazaki movie i watch it in japanese i mean i watch the whole thing with subtitles um but um it even extended to we have quite a lot of words on the screen and graphics and everything is kind of done in two language in two languages and it and it's really mainly just because we wanted to we wanted to for the for the movie to be as Japanese in our foreign way as we could uh, as we could make it, I guess. And John. Um
4: hey guys, um, thank you so much for this movie. It was so awesome. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about is like you were talking about 2007, but also I was trying to figure out like the kind of time frame because even now we see the things where you had the evil politician and the guy getting poisoned, which you, you hear now in the politics now. And then uh, the the kids standing up against the government, and it was just like, what what was your brain function to make these things happen? All these different things that we see happening now—is it prescient, or is it like what what's the deal with this? Like, is it time happening again and again?
1: Yeah, it really. Yeah. It, I, I, we did have this experience during the movie where we were we kept we we. I mean, every everything you mentioned is all stuff like you know the, our students are really. May 68 and uh, uh, and and a Japanese equivalent of that that where sort of our research comes like from like night and
2: fog in Japan by Oshima <laughs> yes. yeah
1: um and um our the 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 idea of this group of a population that's being ostracized and and the bigger group is Really being manipulated to turn against them, we know the historical precedents where we've seen this happen again and again and again. Everything was coming from history, but while we were making this movie, it was uh, it, it 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 wasn't normal that this much would seem to be suddenly in the newspaper headlines. Yes. Uh, every the fearmongering. Day. The world changed a lot during the long period of time that we were uh, making this movie in uh, disturbing ways. I'd like to
2: point out that during the screening, our national security advisor was fired. Oh. It's true. <laughs> oh. Goodbye, McMaster. Yep. Um, we've, we uh, could talk a lot more, but we have to get going, and I really want to thank you guys all thank
1: for coming. You thank, thank you, everyone. Thank you for having
4: us. That was fun to visit.